Right, so today I want to introduce to you the Antioch Ladder Company. If there was a word of the Lord for Linfield URC, as I've prayed, uh, back when Mike asked me, as I prayed about coming and as I've prayed for you over the last week, it would be this. Don't get upset with me, all right? God says to you, stop your preoccupation with church and be a kingdom people. Stop your preoccupation with church and be a kingdom people. You need to test that, you need to work that out, and you need to decide whether that's the word of the Lord to you. But as a way of stretching you, I think, in that area, I want to talk to you and introduce to you the Antioch Ladder Company. So you've probably never heard of this particular company before. You see the ladders that they produce are really exciting um, and pristine and you know, beautifully um, manufactured. Um, they are a company unlimited by the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. So they're not limited at all. Uh, and the CEO, of course, is the Lord Jesus. There's only one head of the church. There's only one person that's important here at Linfield and that's the Lord Jesus. He's the head of this congregation uh, and, and, and you need to, to honour him in that leadership. So let me introduce to you the Antioch Ladder Company. Okay, it was established about 40 AD. Can you see that? Because it's quite small and it's even smaller up here. I think I should have gone to Specsavers actually. Um, I hope you can see it but I will read it to you as well. It was established about 40 AD, uh, and we read about that in our reading. It had no certificate of incorporation or articles of association that you'll be familiar with. Why? Because it was, it was founded by the Holy Spirit, see? So it was in, in completely a work of God from start to finish. Um, it was inspired by other ladder companies throughout the Bible, which you probably haven't noticed before, but I'm going to just prompt your minds this morning so that you do notice them. It was inspired by the Bethel Dreamworks Ladder Company. You'll remember in Acts, uh, not in Acts, in Genesis 28, a certain ladder going up and down to heaven. You know, it's a pretty neat thing to have, really, if you're going to be the people of God. So the Bethel Dreamworks Ladder Company really inspired it. Um, but also, it was run by Falls for Christ. Are there any idiots here this morning? Put your hand up. I'm going to put my hand up. Um, Greek, the Greek word for, that, that kind of gets to our Falls for Christ is the word idiotois. When all them, what they were scattered, as it were, at the beginning of Acts 8, and they were, it mentions that scattering at Acts 11.19, uh, the word that's used is idiotois from which we get our word idiots, from which we get the expression falls for Christ. So if you've, you've thought to yourself, I'm a spiritual idiot, well, praise God, he, he can use you absolutely 100%. Uh, he takes the foolish things of this world to... Um, what are the foolish things of the world? To profound the wise. Yeah, see, I'm not... I'm <laughs> okay. And those falls for Christ were from the Jerusalem parent company. They kind of went out and they decided they needed to establish ladder companies all over the place. And their motto was to turn the world upside down or the right way up, depending on, on your perspective. You'll find that in the RSV Acts 17.6. 
They had a few key advisors, as all the good companies do, you know, in the FTSE 100. Um, they had uh, Nathaniel. You remember Nathaniel? Now, he um, mentioned uh, a ladder as well at the end of John 1, didn't he? You know, he saw um, them going up and down on that ladder, you know, and... Uh, so he was really a kind of a ladder kind of person. So they, they got uh, Nathaniel helping them, some experience. But as we saw with our ladder here, the only way to use a ladder is to go up, really. You, you need to be on the up. Am I, are you hearing me properly here? That's right, good. Um, the only way for the ladder company is a series of ascending steps. And basically, congregation is a ladder. You're a ladder I'm a ladder. And these ladders basically mean that we go through a missionary circle, really, that keeps on running until Jesus returns. And I'm going to take you through that this morning. Win, consolidate, disciple, and send. But you need to be an upwardly mobile ladder operative. Uh, if you're going to be part of this, one who's prepared to give everything they've got to turn every soul um, towards the living God. So let's, let's have a look. So there's the ladder. Send, win, consolidate, disciple and send. Needs to lean against something as we found out earlier. Okay. So the first step on the ladder, you see right at the bottom there, is to win people. If you don't win people... How can you consolidate them, disciple them, and send them? So a congregation that has no evangelistic life to it is not a congregation. You're not doing what it says on the tin of the body of Christ. How do you reach new people here at, um, at, uh, at Linfield? I think this first step is probably the hardest. Um, it's, you know, it's a sense, it's God's agenda alone. Um, you know, as Samuel found out, you rung me, Lord. You know, what, what, what have I got to do? And uh, the people of God have heard that voice again and again, haven't they, down the centuries. And when they've listened to that voice and done what the Lord said, then they've made a real difference. Everyone did it. Everyone won. You know, it wasn't just for the enthusiastic ones, the evangelistic kind of ones. Everyone in that Jerusalem parent company and then in the Antioch ladder company, um, they, everyone was winning others for Christ. I guess one of the big embarrassing questions is when was the last time you helped someone into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Don't answer that now, but answer it in your heart and resolve to uh, truly be doing that on a regular basis. But the Greeks in Antioch also won souls. They, they, they won souls because they thought differently than the Jews. They made a cultural jump. They worked outside the box. Just like maybe we need to do today. Sometimes we have we've got to the end of our ideas, haven't we? Because we're working in a box. I think God says trash the box called church that you've put it all in and start again and start to listen to my voice. Uh, Luke simply records uh, when this was all happening the Lord's hand was with them the CEO was in charge and, 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 and loads of people we're told believed and turned to the Lord 
two processes there. One, it's one thing to believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life. It's another thing as well to turn around and to walk in his direction. That's part of the consolidation we'll look at in a minute. Um, I believe when you share the gospel of grace, people will respond. It's a bit like in the Thames Estuary in New Zealand. Back on my last sabbatical in 2004, I went fishing. I'm the world's worst fisherman. But as I went out to the middle of the Thames Estuary, um, close to the Thames community in New Zealand, kind of... Auckland turn right um, basically the fish jumped onto my rod and I ended up with 30 or 40 snappers I didn't even know what they were really it was a bit of a chore to get them all ready to eat but they were tasty but they, it was almost as if they were there and they were waiting for me to, to put down my net for a catch and I did get a catch way beyond my wildest dreams nothing about me, certainly something about that uh, area for fishing um, We need to know the harvest. The fields are white unto harvest. And they evangelized outside their group. They didn't just talk to Jesus about those that they were comfortable with. Um, The group initially was of Jewish Christians, so they went outside that to the Greeks. I think we must reach out to the lost, and they are lost, whoever and wherever they are. And the Great Commission... um, we need to know is the desire of God's heart. We also need to know that the great command of love is his way of achieving it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and finally, oh, no, I've gone back there. Why have I gone back? Oh, the great task of witnessing. Yeah, right at the bottom there. That's for everyone as well. So you've got three greats in Scripture. The great commission. There's no opt-out clause for you and I. You've got the great command to love. Full stop, end of subject. And you've got the great task of witnessing. And that's for you and I as well. No opt-out clauses. It's all or nothing when you're following the Lord Jesus. So that was the first step. That was definitely the hardest But if that was the hardest, then the second step was the most crucial. Um, Consolidate. Quite a big word for the younger ones to say, really. Um, Just notice, not liquidate. Um, New Christians, when you leave them untaught and uncared for, are quickly liquidated by the enemy. Um, Or regulated. It's not... not, 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 uh, regulate either and regulate means that you're going to put them into a kind of a Linfield mold actually you want them as they are to reach the people where they are you don't want to make them in any kind of mold if there's any mold going it needs to be the mold um, that shaped Jesus Christ so it's God's resources alone that kind of help us consolidate um, they need to climb the ladder only when it's leaning against something and they need to understand firstly the love of the Father for them the love of Jesus for them and the work of the Holy Spirit in their life and, and you and I need to find ways of consolidating people well perhaps it's an Alpha course or something like that notice what Jesus says to the ladder companies feed my lambs um, 
Barnabas consolidates those lambs. And it says in, the, in, in this passage that he saw the evidence of the grace of God. Why don't we open our eyes to what God's doing beyond what we think church is? And just open up to, to a new move of the Holy Spirit. And the result of, of doing all of that feeding was that more were one. It becomes a kind of a cycle. You know, you start to fill people with the Lord Jesus. They start to share that with others. Um, it's kind of a lifestyle, relational evangelism. And it works. It just means doing everything you can to fully and wholeheartedly follow Jesus. And those new believers had their faith strengthened. They were helped in the first steps of the Christian journey. Perhaps in an alpha course, perhaps in a life group, a small group. Um, But that consolidation phase was absolutely crucial. So win, consolidate. And then the third step. Third one was the key one, disciple. I, I would want to say you can't miss a step or a run on a ladder. It's dangerous. I've done it a few times and kind of almost fell off the blessed thing, you know. Um, We need to include the step or the rung of discipleship. Sometimes we're good at winning. Sometimes we're good at consolidating. And then we leave them. We leave them to their own devices as if they ought to know by some kind of osmosis spiritually what to do and how to be as a disciple following Jesus and it isn't working uh, we need to encourage them uh, and it's not just the task of one individual um, hang on let's go a bit further there um, it's, the, it's the task of the whole body of Christ not just the worn out pastor uh, not just the worn out elders <laughs> uh, it's the task and the mobilization of absolutely everyone. There will be someone that everyone who is in this place today can encourage in the Christian walk and thereby disciple. There will be someone for you who is desperate for you to do that. And you just haven't quite clicked that that's what's necessary. But I would encourage you to find that person and to walk alongside them. So this wasn't just the task of an individual. Barnabas got Saul. They spent a whole year discipling, it says in, in the book of Acts at Antioch, which was so effective that they were called Christians um, because you could see Christ in them. You know, Jesus was seen in them. So that's a good description. That was probably a term of abuse at the beginning. But here's an interesting thought for your New Testaments. How many times is Christian mentioned? How many times is disciple mentioned? Answer, Christian is mentioned just three times, whereas disciple is mentioned 269 times. I think that might be saying something to you and to me. I think so. So we need to get this discipleship right. Um, And we need to see discipleship for life. We need to see that you you and I are on a path of being disciples for the rest of our spiritual life and we're called to disciple others. The reason why we don't do the second is we're probably not doing the first. In other words, if I said to you, who is discipling you? You probably look down into your teacup or something like that. 
because it doesn't happen in the main in our congregations. That's why we're in the place we are. That's why we're in the mess we are. That's why I'm writing a book on that at the moment, which I haven't finished. Um, But because we're not discipled ourselves, we're not therefore discipling others because, you know, what if they asked a question of how I do this and I'd be dreadfully embarrassed? Well, you would be, and rightly so. Because you and I signed up to follow Jesus, not to follow church, not to be about an institution or look after a holy building. You and I signed up to follow the Lord Jesus uh, and to truly do that for the rest of our lives. So with good mentoring, with good discipling, I think a new believer can be leading others to Jesus and discipling them within one year. And that's when it gets exciting. It's suddenly, you suddenly see a mission field being, you know, utterly transformed by disciples of Jesus. That can happen just as easily here in Linfield as it can happen in Canterbury, as it can happen, I don't know, in Zimbabwe in Africa, where I'm familiar with. But there's a fourth step. The fourth step is probably the most exciting. So the first step is the hardest winning. The second step is the most crucial, consolidating. Third step is the, probably the key one, um, discipling. But the fourth step is the, definitely the most exciting. And it's being sent. Um, and, and, and notice the, the fourth step is send, not end. Right. A lot of us have dropped the S off. You know, well, we've arrived. I'm a mature believer, you know. I've walked with Jesus for 50 years. Really? I'd love to see the evidence of all the fruit that has flown from that relationship. That's being hard. And I can go away and you can moan about me afterwards. But, you know, I, 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 was, I was at a conference a few years back. And the guy that was speaking said, what do you want on your gravestone? thought oh I don't know if I want a gravestone anyway but anyway we, we, he said do you want gone to another meeting and I thought no <laughs> or he helped disciple and transform the lives of 12 guys and I thought hmm. that led to a complete sea change in my Christian life and, and my priorities as a pastor and as a, a, as a believer uh, and this disciple thing has been absolutely crucial ever since for me in every way. So God's purpose is unchanging. He's ascending God. That's why we use the word apostolic church. You know, apostolic apostles get sent. You and I get sent. You don't have to be an apostle to be sent. You don't have to have the title saint to be sent, although you're all saints by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't know that, you need to know that. Um, but everyone uh, is to be sent. The ladder, when you think about it, is, is a portable kind of frame. Uh, it's easy to use it wherever you take it, really. You can use it in a school, in your workplace, college, gym, shops. I can't read that now. Community spaces and in all kinds of wonderful places around the community. You make that up for yourself. Where's the time where you spend the lion's share of your time? Uh, if it's here, then you may need to question that. It's very easy just to create a ghetto that's religious and spiritual. But actually, you need to be out there, and I need to be out there, and not uh, hiding in a building. 
So it's a portable frame. And, and, and there are a lot of companies all around the world. Uh, I've been privileged to travel to a lot of parts of the world. I've seen them in Africa, in South Africa, in, in Kenya recently, in Zimbabwe recently. Um, I haven't been to China yet, but hey, the ladder companies there are just going great guns. And it's all by the idiots in China. The nameless ones, you don't know any of them, apart from one or two who might have got into a book here and there. But suddenly, with the help of any professionals, any buildings, suddenly the Chinese church in 1949, which was just a million, is now 125 million strong kind of puts the URC into the shade, doesn't it, really, you know? Uh, We need to look at what's happening there. We need to get that excitement back into our lives and hear that call afresh into our lives. There are a lot of companies all around the world. um, And they didn't just uh, uh, send um, people. They sent money. Um, So they sent money to the needy Christians in... um, in uh, Jerusalem in response to a prophetic word. Uh, hilarious giving, that's really important. Um, when you write your check for 100,000, there was someone last night was going to write a check for 100,000 to Linfield. Make sure you laugh when you do it um, because uh, it, it, the Greek word is hilarion. God loves a generous, God loves a hilarious giver. So you have to be splitting your sides whilst you write your cheque for 100000 to Linfield URC for its missionary budget. Okay? Simple as that, really. So if you're not a cheerful giver, um, don't bother, because <laughs> that's how God receives it from you and from me. Uh, but also, they sent people. And they, so we leap on to Acts 13, 1 to 3, in response to the Holy Spirit. Uh, they sent Barnabas and Saul. I don't know how many... I think I was told um, that maybe you've got about eight elders. Um, Okay, Uh, they sent 20% of their eldership. Um, No, 40% of their eldership, didn't they? Two out of five, they sent off on the mission field. So on that basis, probably, I should think about three of your elders ought to, to, you know, hear the call and be sent. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Wow, you know. We've got to get back into that kind of missionary mindset once again. So, um, where are we now? Final thought. Final thoughts. The mission field is absolutely everywhere. It always has been. And if the work depended on a few gifted professionals, it wouldn't work. If you think a new URC minister coming to Linfield will be your salvation, forget it. They don't exist. That person may well equip you to go, but they certainly, if they've got anything about them, won't do it for you. Um, It's a work that has to be effectively tasked to every believer um, and and, and encouraged through the context of small groups. And then this nation can once again find Christ. Take this seriously, however, and it will become quite costly for you. All around the world where the church is growing and impacting its culture, believers have learned to trust God and step outside their comfort zone. Cheap grace, Bonhoeffer's word, is a thing of the past. Do you know that one person is martyred for owning the name of Christ every three minutes?
Bible Society statistic. So whilst we've been here today, what did we start an hour ago? Gosh, 20 people have lost their lives for owning the name of Christ. When the Antioch Ladder Company advanced, James was martyred. Peter was in prison. Paul and Co. suffered greatly on their missionary journeys. Take this seriously and it will be costly for you. But when you do it, don't start then to apologize when it starts to happen, when you get some success. You know, God said to Joshua, you know, be courageous and successful. Um, God's hand is upon us when we do the stuff that Jesus did. And, you know, there's a great commission is a great thing, isn't it, really? <laughs> I love it. I've written a lot about it in my book. How many of you like the spiritual comfort blanket at the end of it? You know, lo, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Do you like that? Does it make you feel better? It's a conditional promise. It always has been. It always will be. The Lord Jesus isn't going to basically rubber stamp me staying in my comfort zone. Me not doing the work of discipleship. That, it, it will happen when I do that work of discipleship. It won't happen if I don't. You want to be comforted by Jesus? Then get on and do the things that Jesus did. So expect growth. I think, you know, and it seems a crazy thing to say when you think of the state of denominational churches around this country. The Methodist Church lost 100,000 members in the last 10 years. They were 300,000, they're now 200,000. URC is doing not a lot better and we're quite a bit smaller. Um, But actually, the spiritual hunger and the spiritual tide within this country, I think, turned at the end of 2005. And I actually feel that there is a harvest out there which you and I need to be about reaping for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to shut the back door of the church. You've got a back door here? Um, how many people have come in the front door of Linfield and gone out the back? We need to shut the back door of church. We need to stop people leaving and start discipling them properly because that's what will hold them. We need to unchain the work of God and take it beyond our buildings. One of the things I've realized on my sabbatical is that buildings are really a huge disincentive to mission. You might love coming to this place and it's great and it's comfortable and everything like that. But when it stands in the way of you being missionaries, ladder operatives as it were, then there's something a little wrong with that. I have some ideas in the book that I share about how we can change that. Um, And we need in our small groups to see that commitment is increased, but also participation. Just as church and what we do on a Sunday shouldn't hinge around someone, a professional standing at the front doing it for you, or a great worship leader doing it for you, just so with our small groups, a good leader will be encouraging you to lead as well you have it in you to lead others to Christ you have it in you to disciple others into the work of God so let me conclude 
Antioch Ladder Company and Co. captured the world in one generation. That's the potential of this missionary agenda. It encapsulates, I think, the purpose of God for our time and it calls the church back to her true task and her core business. So my prayer for you, just as in Canterbury, just as all across this nation, may God establish us as ladder companies and may the franchise of the Holy Spirit spread what is going to happen here and in every direction. And to him be the glory and honour. Amen.